0: Intuitive eating for the culture, because we love vegetables, just not unseasoned. With your host, Christina, a registered dietitian based in Dallas, Texas, a lover of coffee, avocados, and your inside source for intuitive eating. Back like we never left, today I want to talk about the moralization of food. And before we get to the food part of this, I think we need to have a definition of what it means to be moral or what it means to have morals. And morals. moral dictionary definition is of or related to good and bad. And I think it's important for us to remember or to know that in this context, good means good without flaw. Uh, That good thing has no flaw in it. It has no bad, evil, wrong in it. And it is not capable of doing those things. And so if we are taking this concept of good... And, and bad that implies that there is a choice that can be made. right? You can choose to do the thing that is helpful and you can choose to do the th- or the choose to do the thing that is harmful. Um, we're not here to debate philosophically what it means to be good or bad, but we're going to take that definition of the two and then determine how this cannot be applied to food. because ultimately the food itself, whether you're purchasing it from the store, the food that's grown, the food that has made it to your plate or your bowl, that food is not making a choice. That food is not capable of making a choice in that moment to help to help you or to harm you, right? So food itself cannot be moral. We can apply morals to food and that is what we have done. We have applied this label of good or bad based on the way that we think food interacts in our body and also the way that we view that food and who we've connected that food to, who we've sort of associated that food to. Because if you look at most foods that we've associated with the label bad, right, and I'm putting air quotes around bad, it is oftentimes uh, associated with people in larger bodies, people who live in poverty, uh, marginalized groups, things like that, right? So if we're looking at who that food is associated with and then we come up with this label bad, well, of course you're going to avoid that food because you don't want to be associated with those people, with those people groups, Um, which we don't think about this on top, right? That's not what we're logically thinking about in this moment in time when we are making this food choice. We just know that we've continually been told that this food is, quote, bad and that food is, quote, good, right? But the food that is good is oftentimes associated with people in smaller bodies it's associated with wealth or social standing it's associated with higher intelligence more means right so if we stop and we say okay these are these are the morals here's how they've been applied and here's the foods they've been applied to and who here's who those foods are associated with then we can sort of peel back the layers here at what's happening and why this is making it harder for you to habituate foods Because oftentimes people will start to habituate a food without first removing the morals that are connected to that food, without first removing the association that's connected with that food. And so you could be trying to habituate any particular thing, right? I'm not even going to insert a food here. I want you to insert the food that you're thinking about. And who is that food associated with? What body is that food associated with? What people group is that food associated with? What social standing, what um, economic standing is that food associated with? If if you don't first do the work to unassociate that, because food is food is food is food, it's all food is food and it provides you with something, it's going to be really hard to habituate that because you're going to have this lingering Residual like shame or guilt attached to it because it still has this association. It still has this moral association as it relates to this food being, quote, good or bad, and also the people groups that it's associated with, the financial standing that it's associated with. Secondly, as you are working to habituate this food, it is important to remember that your body is going to take its time and it's going to figure this out on its own because what's happening when we sort of have this moralization around food is that oftentimes there is this created deprivation mindset because you're going to avoid the thing that you think is going to cause you harm. That is a natural human response. Um, or you have this thing and then you feel guilt and shame because you've had it because you the choice that comes with this, right? There was a moral choice that was made even though there was not a moral choice that was made. And so if you are choosing to have this thing and you feel like it's a moral choice, you've been told that it's a moral choice, you're going to feel guilt, shame for having the food and feel like you ate the food, you ate the quote bad food and now I am quote bad. And so as you're working to habituate these things, I want you to remember that all food is food. It provides you with something and there is no moral value attached to it. All of the people can eat whatever food they want to eat, and it doesn't really mean anything about who they are as people, because food is food, and this deprivation mindset that shows up—it's not going to disappear. It's not going to dismantle itself until this food is um, completely habituated. And so, oftentimes, as I'm in session with my clients, I will ask them, "Hey," I'll I'll tell them, "Hey." you know what, I'm going to give you permission to have this food every single day, six times a day, for the rest of forever. And they usually look at me like I'm a fire-breathing dragon with six heads. Um, which, I mean, at this point in time actually sounds kind of fun. But um, they look at me bewildered. Like, why in the world would my dietitian tell me I can have this food six times a day for the rest of forever? Doesn't she know that, like, something bad's going to happen? I just look back at them, I'm like, okay, they're going to figure it out, it's going to click, I'm going to give them a few more minutes, and then it clicks, and they look at me and they're like, I don't want to eat that food six times a day for the rest of forever. And I'm like, really? Why? And then they look at me, like, you know why, and I'm like, okay, but I need you to tell me. And so they'll tell me, Christina, why would I want to eat that food six times a day for the rest of forever? I would get bored. And that's the thing that I know is that you're going to get bored when this food has no moral value, when it's not associated with any particular people groups or body sizes or um, economic standings, that food becomes neutral, right? All the food is neutral. And so once all the food is neutral, it starts to become one note. Food is still exciting, it can be rich and flavorful, but ultimately that food is one note, and so having that exact same flavor palette every single day, six times a day for the rest of forever, is going to get boring. Your body is going to demand that you eat something else. It's going to demand it, because it's going to say, hey, hey, I am sick of that flavor profile, I am sick of that nutrient profile. When we're eating, we're not necessarily thinking about the nutrient profile that's contained within a food. And I say this knowing that I'm a dietitian, and I still don't think like that. At one point in my life, I did think like that because I feel like they drill that into all dietitians. But, like, seriously, it's okay to not look at your food as, as macro and micronutrients. It's okay to look at it as food. When you are having the exact same thing, right, you are going to get the exact same nutrient profile or a very similar nutrient profile. Uh, And your body's going to get bored with that. It's going to say, hey, I need different nutrients. I need, you know, whatever the case is. Because uh, there are very few few foods on this earth that are a complete nutritional package. And even then, you're still going to get bored because, again, flavor profile. Very one note. And so I hope that this provides a bit more understanding on why I'm constantly saying Food has no moral value because food legitimately has no moral value. And also why it's so important to do this dismantling work of what has been associated with that food or food group so that as you're working to habituate it, the habituation process can go a little bit more smoothly and there's less guilt and shame that's coming up with that habituation process. Because oftentimes I've found with my clients that if they are not doing that work to dismantle who that food Uh, food or food group is associated with um, the people groups body sizes uh, economic standings oftentimes they have uh, still higher levels of guilt and shame as they're trying to work through that um, habituation process so i hope that this has been helpful and informative and until next time take care